welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Golden Axe 3 for the Sega Genesis, or more appropriately in this case, Mega Drive. Golden Axe 3 was developed by Sega and published by them in Japan in June of 1993. It was then made available in the United States on the Sega channel exclusively Ooh. in 1994 or 1995. Do you know anybody who had the Sega channel? I do not. Me either. I <laughs> Now, the Sega channel itself was a peripheral and a service uh, offered by Sega, I think through Time Warner. Or uh, here in the United States. And it was a cartridge that you would buy that hooked up to your cable provider box Mm -hmm. or to the TV. Uh, It's hard to tell because I never had it. It had like a coaxial (laughs) input. Yeah. yeah. Now, there was four megabytes of RAM on that cartridge. Nice. And there was a service you could, you know, sign up for. It was $13 a month. Not too shabby. That's 25 bucks today around there. So it's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But it did give you access to 50 games. Man, yeah. At a time. And they would rotate through the selection on a month to month basis. That's so awesome. I only heard of it in magazines and was super jealous. Yeah, it seemed like a really cool thing. It's uh, similar to, there's a couple different systems that they had in Japan for their the Nintendo and the Sega. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this one made it with Toy Over Here. Uh, the only problem was that it came so late in the Genesis life cycle. Yeah. As I said, in 95, you got to realize that the PlayStation, the N64, the Saturn are all either here or right around the corner. Yeah, it's pretty long in the tooth by this point. So while it did seem like a super awesome concept and one that I would have loved to, uh, you know, taking part in, it just did not really catch on the way it should being uh, released so late in yeah. the Sega life cycle. Agreed. Now, this game uh, actually was intended to come out in the United States. Yeah. They went so far as to have the artist Boris Vallejo Ooh. Uh, do one of his awesome Frazetta-style paintings yeah. for the cover. He's uh, he's a cool... He's one of the good ones I like, anyways. Yeah, he is a really cool artist. He did cover work for the other Golden Axes, uh, the Echo series, mm-hmm. Turrican. Oh, right on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So definitely uh, worked with Sega a lot. Oh, and finally, this game was uh, planned and designed by two gentlemen, but I want to point out uh, Takashi Izuka. Okay. And this was his first uh, game he worked on. Oh, okay. But he became the head of Team Sonic. Oh, wow. And after this, went uh, worked on Sonic 3, then Sonic and Knuckles. He became the lead designer for Nights into Dreams. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And then has basically worked on every Sonic and Knights game to date. Since who knows when. Yeah, all the way up through Sonic Forces, Sonic Mania, you know, you name it. He's part of it. He's at least a producer. Right but this on. game is where he actually got his start. So it's kind of interesting there. Yeah, not a lot in common there <laughs> with no. Golden Axe 3. And if you want to play this game, uh, you know, the Japanese version is in English. Yeah, yeah. So it can be imported and played uh, in no trouble. 
uh, I looked online. Uh, imports actually are fairly expensive for this. In box, you're looking at like 100 and 140 bucks for the cheapest oh. I found. Wow. Okay. But you can get a repro cart in a in a Genesis style box and and mm. cartridge for like 30 bucks, 30 40 bucks online. Nice. And if you don't want to do it on the original hardware, you know this has been released on the Wii Shop, on the Switch, and in tons of different um, Sega retro collections. Yeah. So, Nick, what kind of game is Golden Axe 3? It is a side-scrolling beat-em-up, kind of three-quarters view. We're very familiar with this style of game, even from this very same franchise. And they did not do a ton to reinvent the wheel here for Golden Axe 3, but they did add some new moves. You do have a pretty good expanded move list. Yeah, and uh, there are more characters this time. We'll talk about them in a second, but let's go through that move list real quick. All right. You know, returning from the other game, you have your basic attack, your jump, Mm -hmm. and your magic. Yeah. Now, one problem that I have with this game is they go back to the original magic system where you automatically use however much magic you have. Yeah, pretty much. Unless you have like a remainder that doesn't fill up to the next level. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I I did miss the old system where you could choose how much to use. Agreed. You have your like attack and, you know, the more attacks you do, it's kind of a combo. Mm hmm. You've got your jump and your jump attack. Yes. But there are, uh, like I said, new things going on here. Like, I don't remember this being in the old one, but you can block now. That's right. That is new. And it's like Street Fighter. Um, yeah, yeah. To a degree. You got to hold down uh, back and then your A button. Yeah, and you're good to go. That only blocks one hit and it does not block grapples. Correct. And then I think, you know, there's, um, since we're talking about grapples, there's a bunch of different grapples going on. Now you can like just do a normal grapple and then you can also use different controls or depending on which button direction you press yes it's usually like if you just grab someone you'll just start kind of holding them and punching them or whatever hitting them and you can get a couple hits off there but if you press a direction you usually throw them that way but there's slight varieties amongst the characters Mm -hmm. Uh, also new to the game is the double jump certain characters have a double jump yeah yeah some have a wall jump yeah both uh, and that Wall jump is really kind of <laughs> rare to use because it's not the edge of the screen. No. In fact, I only found like two places to use it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a rare treat. And then we have the other new addition is that each character has a super move it can do. Yeah, and it's kind of hard. to. I, I don't know. There, There's two different moves amongst the four characters or input wise anyways, and they're they're kind of tricky to do. Yeah, we'll talk about them more with each character. Uh, you also have the reoccurring... Uh, Double attack, where you attack to both sides. I think that comes back from the second one. Yeah, you hit your uh, attack and jump button simultaneously. Um, and what's nice is it does not like use up any special meter or any yeah, yeah. health. There is a trip attack, too, or a kind of quick lower attack if you press down in your attack button. I, yeah. I, don't, I, th- I think that might be new. Uh, you know, it's hard to tell because while these moves all do exist, doing them is not always that easy. That's true. Yes. <laughs> but like in the other games, you know, you do have your, your standard health bar. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're hit or fall off a ledge, you lose some amount of that health. Yeah. You have lives. So once that's depleted, you die, but come back. And every time you return, if you have zero magic pots, you come back with one pot. 
which uh, factors can factor into your uh, strategy at certain points. At least it did for me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's also noted when you die, you come back with the same amount. So if you had a full roster of pots, you don't lose any when you die or even when you continue. Yeah, yeah. That, you do get four continues here, and it's pretty nice because you pop right back in, uh, kind of uh, arcade style. Six continues to share amongst the two of you if you are playing this two-player, which this is a two-player game, mm -hmm. and friendly fire is on oh, all the no. time, so yeah. watch out. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Also returning to the game are the writable creatures. Yeah, the Bizarrins. Only these ones are all lame. Yeah, it's very disappointing, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> um, there's only three of them, really. There's two kinds of a snail, which, to be honest with you, I kind of like the idea of a big, fierce snail that can move mm -hmm. fast. But Got some a uh, little bit of that movie vibes with the racing snail. Racing snail? What? What is that? Uh, that's from um... Seabiscuit? Yeah. <laughs> My brain can only say the words The Last Starfighter, but that is not the movie. It is the movie about the boy, the book, Atreyu, the Oren. Oh, uh, oh no. I know. Never ending story. <laughs> the never ending story. A movie that I saw many times as a child, loved, and still enjoy. I don't know why my brain cannot remember any any bit of the title. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and it, there's a racing snail. It's what the big hat guy rides in. I don't. It's been so long since I've only seen it once or twice, to be honest. Well, as a nerdy book-loving kid who had to deal with bullies <laughs> I, and had a similarly dopey haircut, I was uh, very, very much into that film. I have seen The NeverEnding Story Part 3 several times because my mom taped it off of cable for us, which is a weird thing she would do sometimes and be like, hey, I rented this movie while you were at school and videotaped it. And we're like, it was the most random and weird selection of early 90s but it's that's the one with jonathan brandis Brandeis, uh -huh. you, right uh sure i don't think i saw the third one the second one is about the kid who who's in the diving yeah i don't right? think i saw that okay ah well anyways <laughs> this has been 80s movie sequel talk movie talks next week we'll talk short circuit 2 <laughs> and decide if we like the gold-plated version of the robot better Ooh, or not it's, it's pretty cool though you gotta admit but these bizarrins, these writable creatures, yeah, you got that snail, which is a cool concept, but the snail itself, not fun to use because either has a tiny tongue or a moderately tiny tongue that it uses to slowly hit people with. The longer one's okay, but it's very rare, and I, I feel like I only saw it once. There's apparently one, a creature that shoots fire out of its mouth. I don't think I ever got that. I only saw it in like one or two screens. It's it's a different kind of, it does look like a kind of dragon like the old ones. Oh, you know what? I did see it. I did see that one. I do remember it now. Instead of making like a fire, a flame spurt come out, it shoots like a fireball down that then travels yeah. along the ground. And then there is the final one, which is like a creature that bites and throws people. I did not see that. So <laughs> uh, it's kind of useful because it just tosses them out of the way, but it's very awkward, uh, the timing on it. Okay. Now, the downside to all four of these creatures is that unlike the previous two games, when you are hit on the creature, not only do you fall off, but you also take damage. Yeah, so boo. So I basically made it so I barely use these at all. It's kind of a trap, I think. Uh, even in the first ones, it was tough to get on them without getting hit immediately. You know, when you've mm -hmm. got a screen full of enemies, so you try to like, if you're lucky enough to pull it off, it, it, you could, you know, it could help you out a bit. But here, it's just not worth it ever, really. No, not at all. So let's talk about these characters real quick. All right. You know who's not a playable character? 
uh, anyone from the previous games. True, but we do get to see my favorite named character at the selection screen. That's true. Gilius Thunderhead. Yes, old Gilius is back. He He's there to help you select people. Well, I guess in the story of the game, the, the warriors have all been taken over, turned to stone, and he's there to like resuscitate or rescue the first or whoever you've chosen yeah yeah lift the curse so the uh first character you can choose from is the lady sarah vane yes she is dressed and looks very similar to tyrus flair from the previous one Mm -hmm. that's kind of a different skirt thing going on though yeah yeah and her sword's a little more of like a shorter kind of scimitar style Uh, spoiler alert this is who i beat the game with oh nice okay she is a little quicker. Always a bonus when you're uh, playing one of these games solo. Yeah, yeah. Her down plus attack is like a slide, which is pretty cool. Indeed it is. And then she also has a, a, a throne weapon, special move, the cane blade. Yeah, and there's like two different ways to use this move where you either you press like forward, back, forward and attack and jump. Or you have to like hold block and then press forward and jump and attack. Yeah, uh, I always did it on accident. Okay, I was curious if you ever, if you incorporated this in uh, to your thing I, or how easily I, you were able to pull it off. <laughs> I could, if I was really concentrating, I could do it. But like, it's just never, I I didn't have ever have that much time and my other attacks were just as good or easier to do and better. Gotcha. She is one of the characters that can double jump and we didn't really mention this before, but you know, while you're in the air, you do... You have, I feel like, an expanded amount of like control of where you land. Yeah, yes, that is true. And uh, so that does make certain things that were not that great, like your kind of down, uh, down stabbing moves or whatever. You do get one of those where you can press down and attack in the air or, of course, just attack to do some sort of air slash or whatever. Yeah. And uh, for her, her slash as you came down through the air, I was like my number one boss fighting move. Oh, yeah. Now, the double jump, I did not find too useful, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, yeah, it's really not that hot. <laughs> no. Her uh, double attack is like a spin slash. Yes, and that is also super useful, uh, not just for hitting people on either side, but for hitting uh, enemies that block. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then here's something we haven't uh, mentioned yet, too. And I was curious because I, you know, played this one player. But did you use any of the, like, double team moves? Uh, we did a few and they were horrible. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, I guess if each, if your characters are like lined up and facing each other, they'll give each other a nod and then either player can press attack and you'll do some sort of, you know, I guess cool attack. Uh, they had we a only... similar thing in the Simpsons arcade. Mm-hmm. The now we tried one. to get this to, you know, work out more often, but the problem is, is to get in line with each other and get that nod takes so much time and fiddling that you're about to get attacked then there's never a point which it seems like a good idea gotcha okay there's also a super magic move you can do yeah you can combine magics i you know of course i didn't run up with that but yeah if but it costs a lot of magic right where it's like you have to both people have to have a total of at least 10 magic jars yeah it's supposed to be super strong but again i don't know when you would have the time to figure out when to do that You'd be hoarding your magic for a while, I guess. Yeah. Speaking of magic, uh, Sarah here is the fire magic lady or mm-hmm. magic person of this game. And um, 
yeah, I don't know. You just get different levels of fire from her where it starts off with some kind of like fiery meteors come down. Which is uh, sadly the coolest looking of her fire effects, probably. Yeah, I well, in general, I would say the magic effects are a little... Eh. I would agree. They're very ho-hum, and some of them are just quite sad looking. Her level two magic is a couple big fireballs. The third one is pretty cool, kind of. It has like a dragon skeleton head, and flames come in from the top and bottom of the screen. Yeah, the dragon head looks all right, but it's just this, yeah. Of course. The texturing is just not that great. All of these. Uh, one thing we should mention, too, that while it did, we have gone back to the Golden Axe 1 magic use system, everybody's magic meter is the same now. There's no difference like there used to be. So, you know, in Golden Axe 1, Tyrus was clearly the magic character. She could hold more pots and mm -hmm. had, you know, her meter was longer and went higher than others. But now everyone just has levels 1, 2, and 3. Yes. And your super combo, her super combo is the Falling Sun, which has a huge fire orb that comes in from the top of the screen and fries everyone. And how do you do this super combo? I, as far as I know, you just both have to have the right magic. And if you're the person who uses it, that's what that's what sets off the super magic combo. Got it. Yeah, yeah. But okay. if you guys don't collectively fulfill that, then it just will be normal magic, I guess. Or well, no, no. I think you to have to be like facing each other and get the nod. Oh yeah, you have to get it. that nod. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the problem I, you know, I have, and you know, to cannibalize from our general chat segment is that when you're playing two player, you kind of want to have one person that's just going to be the person that saves all their magic up for the boss, mm. and the other person just uses their magic whenever sure. you know you're you're in, you're in a tough spot because that way you always have the strong one, and then you can take care of the annoying smaller creatures whenever you need to. And you don't waste pots by hoarding them. Exactly. So who's the next character we have on the roster? Well, we've also got Proud Cragger. Yes. <laughs> who is a character who is a very large kind of caveman looking guy with some kind of reminds Crazy. me of Blanca, except yeah. human. He's got, you know, he's got chains on his feet and hands that have been ripped, you know, off. Mm -hmm. And he is huge, which he, I think is funny. He is. He's a big, slow kind of. I tried. I played with him when we played two player. Mm -hmm. um, he's okay. He's just so incredibly slow. I had a horrible time playing one player with him. <laughs> like I believe it. I don't think. I don't. I don't. That's like hard mode. Ah, uh, yeah. It's like his range isn't as big as you'd want. And while he is very strong, you can usually, especially at the early parts of the game, you can finish most enemies with one combo. It was just so hard to do that without getting hit first. Yeah, for sure. But he does have some cool stuff, like his throws are very strong. He has a special one when he grapples where you can jump mm -hmm. and then do a kind of pile driver move to them, which is very strong, but is risky to get in there. Right, right. Because, uh, you know, every character can throw, and you do that just by walking up into them and hitting your attack yeah, you know, yeah. on them. But the problem is it's very easy to get hit that way as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how Sarah kind of had her sword throw instead of that... Uh, there's a special move that Cragger has that I was never able to get to work. It apparently does some sort of tornado, shoot some tornadoes out, but I read about this, like three little mini tornadoes or something. Yeah. Never got it to work either. No, it's like you have to press like forward, up, back, down, forward. So it's kind of a 360 and then both your buttons. And I was at 0% success ever getting the timing down on this. And yeah. Otherwise, this character cannot double jump, uh, is very slow. And that's that's about it. Yeah, um, he has earth magic, so you get some stone stuff here. Uh, 
It's basically the same, you know, there's rocks falling for the small one. It's pretty poor. Yeah, it's just like these these rocks fall. Uh, level two, it combines some rocks come up from the ground and combine into a big spike ball, which falls. And level three is a bunch of big boulders. But they all look fairly poor. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Yeah. His uh, super combo magic is they summoned Golem, uh, which summons like basically the head of like a huge it's a giant sprite golem wise looks pretty cool and is i'm assuming very strong but all right never saw it <laughs> in live and next up we have kane kane grinder 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 and he is your big sword guy he looks almost identical <laughs> to axe battler yes yes uh and you know he it kind of fills that same slot He's a character that I came to appreciate late on. He seems like the generic guy, but his sword seems to have the best range. So I really <laughs> appreciated that. It is definitely the longest for sure. And he's kind of your middle middle ground character. Yeah. And, you know, he's a single jump character. He has that same weird special move that that proud Cragger has, you know, that 360 move. I Again, 0% success with that. Now, was this the one you mained with? Uh, no, no. Um, although I feel like if I played, if I went back, I would play as him again. But uh, I, I ended up going with our fourth character, actually. But as for old Kane here, he's a water wizard type. And his first level water magic shoots like five geysers of water up out of the ground. And everyone takes damage. And uh, level two is some icy chunks move around. And level three is definitely the coolest looking. It's a big watery cyclone that right looks okay but i i don't know it's not as impressive as it might seem it should be and then his combo magic is a big tidal wave meh yeah meh indeed but you know who's not meh the fourth and final character <laughs> that's right chronos late chronos light uh he's a human panther man yes it's like if panthro was more panther than human yeah, or it's kind of like a one of those guys from uh, Tekken. Oh yeah, what King? Isn't he one? Of, ah man, is that is that the game that has the the animal head people? I think so. Yeah, I, I didn't. Or is I that Virtua Fighter? Maybe both. Yeah, sorry kids. Uh, you know, once we get into the three D fighters, where <laughs> I played a bit of Tekken. A little that ignorant. Was, that was usually a uh, <laughs> arcade only, so I didn't. I don't know, but but yeah, back to good old Kronos. He's pretty cool looking. Uh, He's the, I think, the fastest walking character. He can double jump. Yeah, and by the way, you are correct. It was Tekken and King. Okay, sweet. So, so yes, <laughs> double jump and wall jump for this guy. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, pretty fast, and he has a cool, like, his double-sided attack is kind of a, almost like a flash kick, like a standing flip kick that is mm -hmm. pretty useful, I found. Now, what's fun about him is he does not have a weapon. Yeah, it's all claws and teeth, so, but... yeah. Also has a pretty respectable range. A little, I found in general, the your hitboxes are a little longer than they might appear by a few mm -hmm. pixels at least. And then this guy also has a fun uh, grapple where he like bites you. Yeah, and in fact, he, in fact, instead of a throw, he does this like pounce off you, where it's like it's pushes you down, pushes them down, and you jump off. And it's that's also pretty useful for getting you across the screen. Yes, I, I saw uh, my son do that one a lot. Now, one thing I used as much as I could is his uh, special move where, like Sarah's move, it's forward, back, forward, and both attacks. And he does a kind of cat pounce move across the screen and, and then finishes it with like a standing slash. But it's 
pretty useful. It's not super strong, but you're invincible while you do it. So that is nice. I milked that as much as I could, despite not being able to use it 100% of the time. All right. Now, there are more moves here that we have not discussed. Yeah, there's actually quite a variety of like your normal combo that you'll be going through, but it's really just a matter of like pressing forward or back or in down, your, or dashing you, at some point in it. There's a lot of intricacies where you just change one little variable of the equation of the, well, D-pad and th- two buttons you can use. Yeah, yeah. There is a surprising number of moves you can get out of it. I just didn't find myself able to do the anything besides your more basic move set. Yeah. Without, you know, you know, reliably. Same, same. Yeah. Um, and then good old Chrono's magic is the lamest of all. He has a kind of. Yes, this is the one I really wanted to complain about. Oh, it sucks so bad because I guess they're going for like sky magic here, but his level one magic is. A cloud of mist moves across the screen. And calling it mist is it's, very generous. It is pretty thin, yes. It's barely a foggy cloud. but It's a texture that is very poorly made and very lazily moves across the screen. Yes, yes. It uh, doesn't look cool at all and takes too long. And yeah. level two is some thicker mist. Yeah, geez. So, <laughs> but finally, level three—that's going to look awesome. Yeah, you at least get some lightning, so and some. Yeah, mist. but more of that stupid mist. What about his like super duper magic? It actually summons like a weird wraith or some kind of ghost, <laughs> wow. thing, and it shoots lightning out. It's pretty cool looking. They should have just gotten rid of that and knocked each one down a notch. Yeah, yeah, or I don't know. I, somebody like these, like these mist effects would be like, like they would be meh if it was just background art. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like, here comes the magic. You're like, oh. Yeah, especially when it was such a cool part of the other games. Yes, indeed. So that's it for the characters. But while you are roaming around the world, you are going to be picking up a few items. That is right. And they will sometimes be dropped by breaking containers. Yeah, there's quite a few barrels or other etc is about but also returning are the little imps yeah the little there's green and blue clothed imps that uh, you can hit and they will drop either a magic pot or a piece of meat and that's it those are the two items well sometimes you can find apples oh i'm sorry yes there are healing items and magic items yeah (laughs) the meat is the largest of the healing items as you said there are apples which heal you for a little bit less Uh, and then there are is there something that fills you up all the way? Well, there is the very precious heart because the heart. Not only does it fill up your life, it extends your maximum life meter. Mm. Yes, indeed. I think there's three. There's only like three or four of them in the entire game, I believe. So it's it's kind of cool that it's there, but not in sufficient frequency to make a huge difference in gameplay, really. Right. Speaking of those imps, they do return in. You do get some bonus rounds from time to time in between levels where you'll be like camping and they come in and steal some jars. You try to beat them up and get those back as well as some bonus ones. Yeah. But sometimes they have weird ones where it'll be five or six of these little green imps and they're throwing a piece of meat around and kind of playing keep away with you. Yes. It's uh, kind of goofy, but also kind of a pain in the butt. It's harder to deal with. Um, but, you know, I in those situations, you want to do that ground attack if you got it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's usually the fastest, and I don't know. That's also way easier if you're using a faster character, of course. Or the rewind feature. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and in addition to 
the return of those and the little mini zones. You now have branching paths. That's right. You have an interesting kind of most, not all levels, but there are several levels that will have a upper or lower kind of junction where you can take one of two paths and they'll lead you to different levels. So, you know, that, that's, a, that's a cool addition, I think. Yeah, definitely. And then at the end of each level, uh, you do get, a, you do, there's points involved with killing every enemy. Yeah, and I think you lose points for dying and some other stuff. I, I'm not sure. I, it gives you like a score and a grade and I yeah, and not you get a very, very well. standard Japanese grade system. Of course, uh, like AAA through F. <laughs> is, does this have an S, S rank tier? Um, I, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, no, you are correct. It just goes up through triple A. But regardless. It's interesting. My children now have uh, S rank as like that is now the it's, standard it's, best tier. Uh, all children know it. It's made it through, man. I, I see it all the time online. I'm just, you know, cool. Whatever, I guess. I'm still an A plus guy. <laughs> uh, that's not what I remember in high school, Nick. <laughs> not that I... <laughs> No, yes, not that it ever made an appearance on my report cards, but so you get the score. Does now the score or the um, levels does that do anything for you? Do you get any free men from score? No, um, you do get you, you can get earn one ups by rescuing the there are prisoners that you will see throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and either they are rescued through just defeating the enemy that was guarding them, mm-hmm. or sometimes they are like in a box or chained up, and you have to hit whatever they're in or on. Yeah, and. So once they run off the screen, you'll get a little kind of almost an ankh looking symbol that appears below your life meter. And when you accrue five of those, it's an extra life. So pretty cool. Yeah, we were like, why does it say I'm a woman now? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. And uh, you get the particular credit when you're playing two player. Whoever is the one that either destroys the, the box, the chains uh-huh. or defeats the enemy. You get the credit for that save. Gotcha. And then, like I said earlier, you share credits when you continue also. That's rough. So something to think about. And then another option that this game has is a two-player versus option. Yeah. Which seems fine. <laughs> uh, it's, you can play as the four main characters and also the Birdman. I think there's like a hack or something. I think that guy was like almost playable or something. I didn't mess around with this at all. I'm sorry. Nah, me either. And one last note, there is a options menu where you can change the difficulty. Sadly, your difficulty options are normal and hard. Yeah, I play it on normal. (laughs) No easy mode there. And you can do a sound test, listen to all of the sound effects and music. Uh, There is also a code to do a level select. Yeah, yeah. And you also can change your control config if you so desire. Yeah, all great bonuses. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Nick, this is a first-party Sega game, and uh, one that never came out in the United States. So did you look at the manual? I did. Um, And it's in Japanese. It absolutely was, but it looks so cool. I was like, screw it. I'm going to look through this guy anyways. And uh, I I looked it up as well, and I got to say, anytime I look at any Japanese manual, it always makes me jealous. Yeah, and this one's no exception. They, you know, it's like 30 pages long. For a beat-em-up, lots of art and screenshots all throughout. Um, there's a couple pages of stories, some cool artwork of like the characters and presumably giving you some background and stuff. There's 
tells you about the magic, a pretty extensive combat control section showing you different inputs and such. In fact, for the magic stuff, many of them that I never saw, especially the combo ones, I was just looking at screenshots from this. <laughs> so Yeah. It's got a really cool map of the different paths you can take. Yeah, I saw that map. I, I love, I mean... I- all the artwork in this manual is really cool and just the whole like theme of it. Well, it very much has that Nintendo power, like kind of crowded page feel where there's always a little side blurb, you know, pointing at something on, on the page or whatever. And I, I love it. It's, it's pretty cool. You get a enemy section that only has six enemies, but sadly that's 90% of the enemies in this game. So it's actually more <laughs> thorough than you might think. Yeah. But then at the end, you know, where we've seen it many times, there's a little paragraph that tells you how to care for your cart. But here, it's like a little comic with this little girl in a red witch outfit, and it's telling you, you know, don't leave your cart out in the sun, or don't yeah, get it wet. Or, <laughs> super cute. And finally, at the end, there's like what I'm assuming is a helpline ad. It's got some phone numbers associated with it, but it shows Sonic the Hedgehog holding what appears to be a flip phone. Yeah. In 93? I mean... Cell phone technology was way ahead in Japan. It blew my mind. I didn't think it was that far ahead. I don't know. I was like, wow, that's, I'm coloring the impressed. There's a reason that the emojis we use when I got my first iPhone, I had to add a Japanese language text thing to be able to use them. So, what can I say? They were definitely at the, the, the forefront there. They are truly the future world. So, yeah, I'm assuming there's some sort of digital manual, maybe somewhere for this game, but I couldn't find an English one. And this is actually a pretty cool manual, so I recommend checking it out just because. And this is one of those games that the uh, its online presence, as far as like game FAQs and stuff, is not very large and not very well documented. That's true. Yeah. So, Nick, what was your personal history with Golden Axe 3? Well, as I kind of spoiled before, I didn't have Sega Channel, so I never played this game. I never even knew it existed um, until these collections came out. And even at that point, I didn't, I just assumed it had come out in the United States. I was like, I'm sure there was a third Golden Axe. I don't know. I was not a Sega guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I I really liked the first Golden Axe, and I remember when the second golden axe came out and it was not the arcade revenge of death adder yeah which is what i wanted which i loved from the arcade you know i kind of was like what what are you doing so i would have assumed you know if i even if i heard of this game back then i would have had that same mental conversation be like oh it's not the one i want come on yeah and and for me golden axe was always an arcade game sure yeah while the ports are good i mean that that arcade game had such glorious giant sprites Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm Indeed. So then, Nick, what was your more recent experience here with Golden Axe 3? Well, sir, I beat this game. I I played it probably about seven or eight times. I Oh, I, wow. Well, I, I played through a good chunk of it as Sarah. Okay. And then I switched to Proud Cragger and thought, man, I'm really going to beat my way through this game with the big tough guy. And I quite the opposite happened. So then I switched to Panthro. Kronos or whatever. Yeah, Kronos. And he was the guy I took to the end. Yeah, we did. I, you know, We played once, just goofing, uh, mm-hmm. two of us. Then we tried to really beat it together. And then I just beat it myself. So that was three times, you know. Uh, when we played together, there was no cheating involved. But when I soloed it, 
I rewound my butt off. I was definitely, I had to do periodic save states, you know, where it would be like, you got to get past this scene without dying or, you know. And that's the thing is, the way this game works, I I only had to really do that save state or rewind stuff more towards the back half of this game. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, I, I didn't. It's really not necessary for the first half. Sure, sure. And so, when you beat this game, did you get the special I the, ending? I don't know what the special ending is. I think I got the good ending. Okay, okay. There, because did you encounter any of the possessed characters or the other characters that you have to fight? I did. Because yeah, it's from what I understand, you get a special ending if you you have to rescue all four of them or have four continues remaining. Which I did have the four continues remaining. In the one play. Oh, okay. I most certainly did not. So I, I don't think I rescued all of them. I See, I, I rescued them all, but I was way out of continues at the end. So <laughs> Gotcha. All right, folks. Here we are in the general chat portion of our show. And I would just like to start by saying that I'm really glad that this franchise is really equal opportunity. And uh, <laughs> who's showing some skin here? Because it's not just... Uh, sexy sword lady no it's true nobody but all of our male protagonists <laughs> and even our antagonists down to the fat guys yeah they're all really showing it off they're all you know proud of their bodies and they should be well i do like that it it definitely keeps that conan-esque theme going yes yes that barbarian world until you run into these knights that look like they're from another game they're huge knights they are giant full plate mail of all assorted colors I'm like, where did where did you guys come from? I mean, there were those one guys that were kind of knightish in the old right. ones, but they weren't as fully decked out at all. No. Uh, and let's talk about it with these knights. The big thing about the enemies in this game is that they can now block. Yeah, which is quite frustrating. So you have to come up with some new strategies. Yeah, especially the blocking bosses. That's really, it's bad enough when a boss can just like come out, stand up and hit you right away from nothing. Yeah. But when they can block you, it becomes really annoying. Yeah, it definitely does. And at least my solutions involved not being able to do much damage and just doing it over and over from either running jump attacks where you can get the big slash or a downward attack. Yeah, that that big slash to me, that was it. That's my bread and butter. They, the It seems to not get blocked that much. Um, I don't know about for you, but for me, I found if I would start my slash at the height of my jump, mm-hmm. the, 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 the earlier I could start it was the better chance of it never being blocked. Yeah. But it didn't seem to always do too much damage. No, and that's that's the doubt. Or yeah, I used that cat dash attack with Chronos, mm-hmm. and it, it you know it succeeded in keeping me alive because of the invincibility. But it, you know you'll hit the guy, they'll knock down. It won't do that much damage, and then run away and repeat and repeat a lot. Because my other big complaint about this game is, well, there's not a lot in this game. There's about eight enemies, yeah, yeah. a couple NPCs, and a lot of color swapping. Very much so. It's, and I mean, that's always kind of a genre staple of the beat em ups, but it's pretty egregious here because it's, you know, like you said, there's only eight enemies and several of them you won't even see till the back half of the game. So you're really seeing several like, the guys with the, the spears and the little squat clubber yeah. guys. And, you know, at least in other games, when they switch colors, they switch up like their AI or maybe they'll do a different attack or this one will be whatever. In this game, for the most part, the color changes just means they take more hits. Yeah. Or they do more damage. Yes. And unfortunately for Golden Axe, you're already carrying a weapon, and so are most of the enemies. So there's none of that like, oh, here's a guy with a pipe, or oh, here's a guy with a baseball Like in Turtles. Yeah, yeah. So 
you, you're not picking up weapons. So that does kind of take a little something away from the enemy and encounter variety. Now, on the bonus side, I do feel like the enemies in this game really went to the Kung Fu Ninja School of Fighting, where <laughs> they take their time. Like, they really let you fight one-on-one for the most part. I would inch my way along, you know, because somewhat impressively, I was kind of caught off guard where I was like, wow, there's I, I'm playing one player and there are four enemies on screen at once. Like, yeah. And the play field is pretty crowded to begin with. I think that's one of the things that makes it tough. That makes two-player tough, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, I bet. But I was just really impressed that, for the most part, if you have, like, three guys on screen, at least one of those guys is not going to engage with you. Right, right. Just going to mill about at the top. And, you know, at least with uh, the panther guy and the lady, your double T move, the t- the move that hits both directions, mm-hmm. were, were pretty fast and pretty responsive. And I was able to use them quite often to save myself that's also against certain enemies i found like those demons those like four-armed goat-headed demons you start fighting later Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. look pretty cool but the only way i could reliably hit them aside from jump kicks was to turn my back to them and wait for them to slowly approach and then do that double hit like i was able to lure them pretty consistently with that now the the enemy that this game throws at you a lot that really really killed me was the skeleton turtle creature yeah they are a pain in the butt i hate them so much and then randomly there's like a harder version that has like a tail and a neck thing it does but it does it so randomly and so little that that's not a problem it's just that it takes a thousand more hits to kill yeah and the enemies do a lot more jump attacks than i remember in previous games which is very frustrating too if you you'll move into attack and then they'll they'll just jump over it and you don't have enough time to block before they get back down like blocking well i was trying to force myself to learn to block more but mm-hmm. uh, it just sucks cuz someone else is always coming around behind you you know <laughs> yeah i just found those turtle guys to be the most obnoxious of all the characters in the game like they block the most they they did that jump thing yeah. i don't know something about their them and their moveset just they always took so much longer to deal with than anyone else there are those um the female warriors with the flails or whatever i hated them too because their jumping attack where they swing their flail out like it always it's it's got such range that it would mm-hmm. just blast me and i, I the, could never hit them before they would the get the only there. way i could take care of that is by doing the double attack the both sides thing mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. with 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 uh the lady hers is real quick so yeah yeah but you know, there are some frustrating enemies, but I think that one of the worst things about it is that this really doesn't expand on the classic Golden Axe formula. And no, it gives you more moves, but you don't really have enough, like a lot of opportunity to use them. Well, that's and- the thing. I'm, I'm curious if you feel the same way, because I felt that the controls were sluggish and unresponsive for like... I could I know there was a bunch of moves and varieties and I could see them, but I, I couldn't I couldn't do any of them consistently with maybe the exception of the double side attack. Yeah, I could do it easily. I mean, anything that didn't require moving inputs, mm-hmm. I could do easily, you know, like the things that hit these two buttons at the same time yeah. or jump and attack at the right point. But once you had to like left down, up, right, anything like that, there's it's not happening. But yeah, the the controls not that great, and the biggest disappointment for me was the graphics. Man, the the yeah. backgrounds, the characters, the colors—it all just seemed more muted, less vibrant, less exciting, and uh, so repetitive. Those backgrounds. There's definitely a plainness to the backgrounds that is 
you know, I've seen worse, but this game came out in 93. Like, and Golden Axe has awesome backgrounds. Yeah, well, that and that's the thing is there there are a couple that you're like, oh, okay, this feels like a real background, like like the bird that you fight on, or oh yeah, I can't wait to talk about that bird. But most of them, you're just like, yeah, I mean, I can tell this is a some sort of medievalish village, but nothing that interesting or going on. There's very few, you know, with the exception of a couple steps from time yeah. to time. There's no different level platforms, very few pits to throw guys off of or other more interesting terrain. Yeah, nothing really sticks out. I mean, very there, there is that one like wagon ride at the beginning. That was cool or certain things, but there's not enough to really keep you coming back necessarily. For sure. On the other hand, I think a lot of the music is really good. I liked, I really liked about half of the tracks and the other ones were okay. Yeah, I thought the music was was good, but it, nothing was like, I'm not adding it to my, my permanent listen list. Oh, yeah. Now, there's a couple that really, I felt like, hit the nail on the head for me with that old synthy Conan kind of, I was like, yeah, this is this is what I come to Golden Axe for, so at least I got a little bit of it. <laughs> yeah, other than the expanded move list, it's like... I mean, I like that they gave us those branching pathways. Yeah, I like the a fourth character. Choices. Yeah, yeah. But it's just a little, not enough. Yeah, yeah, it's a little plain Jane. It kind of makes you, you know, kind of realize why it didn't get a release in the U.S. Yeah, definitely. All right, folks, this is it, the level-by-level level portion of our show. And as we mentioned earlier, this game does have a branching path. So we're going to do our best to take it, you know, from one side of the screen to the other. Because when you do travel through the game, there is a map that you yes. have access to in between levels. Sadly, it does not as detailed as in the last game. It doesn't have the fun little cutscenes. It just kind of zooms in and shows you where you're at after you've made your decision to choose which path to go on. Yes. But and you all start in the same place. You do. And from what I understand, basically, if you're going to take a shot at getting the the quote unquote good ending, right? Mm -hmm. There's uh, you want to always take the lower path because that will bring you across or you will fight all three of the possessed other heroes. Okay. And then like really, especially if you look at the maps, uh, the map available in the instruction manual, it makes it look more complicated than it really is. Like there's basically two kind of paths that you can take, like an upper or lower one that you can also kind of switch between at several junctions because they all end up at the same final level, the gate of fate. Yes. But regardless of what character you choose, you will start your adventure at the vast field. And it is truly a vast field. You will be introduced to many of the reoccurring characters that you'll be fighting here, such as the spearmen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You will encounter the little thieves or imps. There is a club man. Pretty exciting foes indeed. Uh, they both do exactly what you would imagine them to do. They attack you with their weapons and walk slowly around. Sometimes I, I think the, the little club guys, you know, maybe not so much in this early stage, but they have a really funny attack where they charge and then hit you with their belly. Yes. Yes, they do. Which... Uh, as you mentioned, there is a cart uh, part of the stage where you jump on a giant cart pulled by snails. Yeah, this is the you know, maybe the high point of the level, I would say, because you can throw guys off uh, to kill them and, you know, foes drop in 
as you defeat a few of them. Yep. Uh, you do get some of the Amazon women here in this first level. Oh, sure. As we mentioned earlier, they are hard to fight when they do their like overhand jumping attacks. Yeah. So avoid, the... avoid. Yeah. Hit and run or toss them off the edge. Uh, and then at the end of the level, uh, the Griffin King will swing through the Eagle Man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he will drop a green knight onto the field. Yeah. And two spearmen will assist him. So this is uh, not too bad of a boss battle yet. The knights aren't, you know, they're slow, but their sword is long. So they do get a good range. They block a lot. Yeah, so I either try to peg them with the jumping attacks, or if you can, if you defeat the spearman first, then I will try to move in and grab him, get some easy hits. Yeah, and then at the uh, once you've destroyed him, you do get to choose between up and down. That's up right. will take you to the ancient mound, while down will take you or to the right to the tender hamlet. Mm. Now let's talk about the ancient mound first. All right, ancient mound of ground and pound, and the ancient mound is a mountainous area i think this is the first appearance of the aforementioned evil lizard skeletons yes they are horrible and also uh this is the first area from now on is where you can start rescuing people and getting the onks yeah i think there's like four of them in this level indeed indeed there are some pits to uh, avoid here no other new enemies uh but the skeletons that you mentioned there are some uh gray ones throughout and then I'm sorry, there are white ones throughout, and then some gray ones are the bosses of the level. Oh, I hate the you know, the darker ones are the worst. Uh, fortunately, hopefully you saved up some magic, because that always helps. <laughs> always helps. Now, once you destroy them, you go straight on to the dim jungle. Yes. But let's talk first about the Tinder Hamlet, the other path. The deliciously named Chicken Tinder Hamlet. It only has two onks in it. And then, not, you know, also the, the, the last level, we didn't mention it. This level, not mentioning it again. No Bazarians to ride. <laughs> and even if there are, you probably don't want to. Uh, now, there are some, uh, uh, you get more knights in this, this stage. Yeah. And then at the end, the boss is, well, one of the cursed other players. Yeah, I think this was the... Well, it depends on who you're playing as. Yeah, yeah. So, and those are usually some pretty tough battles. Standard cheap moves apply. <laughs> and then once you've beaten them, either level, you go straight on to the dim jungle. Well, you can go to the, or the cave of crystal. Oh, that's right. It is another choice here. Yeah, but this is how you can kind of see where, you know, you're kind of zigzagging between the two paths. So yeah, with the dim jungle being on the upper path. Let's talk about that jungle then. Let's move uh, on in. You've got some uh, new enemies here, the barbarians. Yeah, they're pretty cool with the guys with like the hammer. Mm-hmm. There is um, a heart to be had here that will really help you up. So, I mean, always grab those hearts when you can. Yeah, grab them hearts fast as you can. And the boss uh, for this area is the two two of the barbarians, uh, green this time. Yeah, and I, I do want to say I do like those sprites. They remind me of one of the bad guys in the Coney and the Barbarian, so good on them. That's all it takes for you, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Cool. Now, if you decided to go south, you're going to take the Cave of Crystal. Yeah, and this is, you know, we we, ha- we haven't really mentioned the backgrounds too much <laughs> because, like we said, they're pretty... Pretty bland. Pretty bland if okay, but here you get a little more. You're in like a crystal cave, and there is a heart here as well. Four different people to rescue. Interestingly enough, there are like pillars. They're like crystal pillars that you can beat up and you open them to look for items or sometimes enemies. Ooh. Yeah. Sometimes there's a skeleton inside. So not cool. 
not cool at all. Uh, and then you have the fiends, uh, I think, for the first time in this level. Yeah, green ones show up uh, at the boss. They're f- another cool sprite. They are four-armed, and they're pretty tough. Uh, I They well, do a clothesline thing that's fast and annoying. Yeah, and they're, they're like spin around. They, they have a ram. It's None of it's fun. Nope. Uh, neither is the boss, which is, uh, you know, like we said, it's two of those fiends and two skeletons. It's fun, fun time all around. You may notice, you know, a complaint I forgot to mention here in the general chat. And uh-huh. That is that a lot of these bosses are not. They're just enemies. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, the, the, really, the only real bosses are the other characters if you find them. Yeah. And the end boss of the game. Indeed, indeed. And now... After defeating these fiends in in the Cave of Crystal, uh, you don't have a choice here. It takes you straight to the Bloody Street. The Bloody Street, huh? Yes, which you could also reach from the Dim Jungle, but uh, the Dim Jungle gave you the choice to come to the Bloody Street or the Scorching Sand. Let's talk about that Scorching Sand real quick. Sounds good. It is, as you can imagine, desert area. Very pretty standard desert. Nothing, <laughs> nothing very crazy going on background wise. You get some new colors of all some of the same enemies. This is, I guess, the level where you find that little fire dragon you can ride. Yeah, and it's you, if you want to go for it. But <laughs> the boss is also two more green fiends and two more white skeletons. Yay! So beat them, beat them, and then let's talk about the bloody street. Yeah, because, you know, when you beat the Scorching Sand, you move on to Death Mountain, no matter what. No choice. But yeah, if you adventured to the Bloody Street, you know, this is a town, so it's full of barrels and enemies. A lot of stuff in that barrels, though. Lots of, like, uh, meat. Yeah. yeah nice. this uh, Magic this pots. Got, yes, lots of magic pots. So don't be shy on your sorcery. You know, I, I, try, to, I try not to hoard my magic when I'm playing one player, because if you're trying to save it for the boss, it's like you get your magic meter full and then you can't use any until you know till the very end well so. and i frequently didn't know when i was at a boss well yeah that too because <laughs> i'm like oh there's just more enemies and i was like stage over i was like well i could have i should have used all my magic dang it yep 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 so bloody street does have a uh slightly different boss it is one of the cursed adventurers yeah i i'm pretty sure this is where i fought the the lady because you're yes. out on like a dock or mm-hmm. something and these the fights against the characters are harder because they have access to most of their moveset. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that jump attack is still just as good against them as it was against the knights or whoever. Yeah, yeah. Once you've defeated them, though, you get to move on to Death Mountain. That is right. Well, we'll move on to Death Mountain, but you could either go there or the to voyage the to the castle. Yeah, which yeah. is a boat. But either way, Death Mountain. This is not in Hyrule, but similarly named and you have a choice on the mountain which makes this level a little more interesting yeah but your junction is like in the middle of the rooms or in the middle of the route so you kind of have slightly different boss battles i think depending on which you know the boss battle is after the the choice choice. yeah yeah so if you um go west then you have to fight the bird guy yeah or if you head head east you have to fight the bird guy. Yeah, but they have different uh, accompaniments. He, yeah, he brings uh, white skeletons on the east. And if you go west, he brings a uh, spear guy and I think perhaps a club guy as well. Pretty, nothing too crazy. The bird guy is a uh, pain in the butt. Um, yeah, because he, he has like a... Whoops. He has, this, he has uh, boss moves, but he also has like normal guy moves. Yeah, he can block, he can do it all, you know. He can. 
Uh, once you've defeated him, though, he's he just flies away. It's kind of you're like, oh, thought maybe you were going to get somewhere with him. You coward bird. So let's talk about the voyage to the castle. Yeah, you are on a boat. I'm on a boat. That's right. Don't you ever forget. I will never. And uh, you actually have to like walk, you know, the boat's uh, a stage. Yeah, you kind of start in the aft castle or whatever, uh, and you go down some steps. You're fighting plenty of spear people and other colored clevers and such. Uh, Eventually, you'll get to, you know, some doors that take you inside. There's one place where there's two doors to choose, but they they don't change the route, you know? No, but um, if you choose the lower door, it does take you to four onks, mm, people to yeah. rescue. The upper door is magic pots and meat. So it's kind of like, which do you need the immediate gratification or do you want the lives? Yeah, which I didn't know. I always took the lower one and so... But that's interesting. Cool. I wish there was more of that, man. Some some more split paths, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then at the end, uh, Bird swings by and drops off some yellow knights for you to fight. What a jerk. Mm-hmm. And something that we haven't mentioned yet, but is also factored into certain areas in the game, is that any of the items you reveal, whether from a an imp or a barrel or something, they will never disappear. So you can leave them on screen. The enemies won't take them. Correct. And you should leave them until you need them. Do not pick up food or, or, or pots you don't need, you know? Yes. Uh, it's a little harder when you're playing two player, but good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, let's say you took uh, the northern route, the different route, not the city route. You get to ride on a giant bird. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Yeah, it is, except for the fact that no part of this bird moves at all. No, uh, it does. It's at least an interesting background. It is. And just funny that you're like going to town on like the wings of a giant bird beating yeah. up dudes. Oh, that's kind of a, a callback, right? I remember. Yeah. They, do both of the previous ones have the giant eagle? You've like battle your way across its back or whatever. Yeah. Now, uh, this level is just uh, standard enemies and barbarians mm. as for your boss fight. Not cool. Nope. Not cool at all. Now, when you're done. Yeah. After this stage is straight to the final stage, the gate of fate. That's only if you took the bird. If you take the boat, you go to the Cursed City. Yeah, or, you know, Death Mountain, you could choose not oh, to okay. take the bird, and that will take you to the Cursed City as well. And that's what you want to do if you want to rescue that fourth cursed character, the Panther. Yeah, and this is a rough Cursed City, let me tell you, because it's full of knights. So many knights. Too many knights. Yeah, it's uh, Hollywood knights. Dark Knight indeed. <laughs> but, I mean, it's... The good thing about it, if you're fighting multiple knights is you can kind of like do your jump attack off of them over and over and over again. Like, yeah, you, you hit one, it falls down. Then you jump to the one on the left. It falls down. By the time you've did that, the one on the right gets up. So you do the jump attack to that one. And for the most part, you can really keep that going and then throw in a double attack when you need to, when they charge at you. Whenever there was more than one on screen, I would just try to fall into my standard thing of doing that special attack for the panther guy. <laughs> Back and forth, the just across the screen, left and right, just staying invincible as much as I can. But it's like if I could get into a certain rhythm, I, I could do it almost every time. But when I would fall off, then I would just get blasted. And then at the end, you do have to fight that uh, cursed creature or person. Never a fun fight. Save them. And then you are at the final level, the the gate of fate, the gate of fate. And this level is awful. Yeah. I mean, it starts right off with the fight with the Birdman. Yep. And he's just as hard. You have a little more room, though, so that's nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. And once you've defeated the Birdman, it is revealed to you that he is actually the king. 
Oh no, he was cursed too. He was. Uh, he transports you to the castle and tells you some stuff like, hey, do a good job. Actually, he's asking you to save the princess. Save her. She's in this castle. And the castle is a, a very long and there's a bunch of like different like pictures on the walls of enemies that will like animate and jump down and attack you. You fight a bunch of the, you know, the fiends and uh, the female. You fight flailers. everyone so long. Uh, if you watch a playthrough of this game or a walkthrough, the last fourth of the walkthrough is this one level. <laughs> it's it is. It's a this is where it truly like. You're trying to manage your resources, your your stock of lives and continues to have enough to make it through here because it is just relentless. Uh, there are some actual areas with pit deaths here that you have to be careful about. Yeah, but if you can use those to your advantage, you should. And Indeed. And then just some. so many times where you fight like four nights at once or three nights at once or yeah, too many nights at too many times. Indeed. But eventually you'll come to a final chamber in which you will be fighting well, in the background, there's like a weird giant statue. Yeah, it looks like the... I don't know if that's Death Adder, but... It looks like Death Adder. Yeah. I was like half expecting like arms to come out and attack me, but no, it's um, it's a relatively cool like evil Prince of Darkness or something. He's got the kind prince of... Prince of Darkness himself. He's got like a helmet or like a headdress with like Loki horns coming out the front. Very big. Got a... Purple piece. armor. Purple armor, big shield, and of course, golden axe. Oh, yes, it is the golden axe. I was a bit confused with this fight at first because he does have some knights that flank him. Mm -hmm. And if you kill them, they are replaced, but not indefinitely, I don't think. Okay. I think I, I, there's like four knights total that will come out, mm. and then he'll be solo. Okay. Which I didn't realize till I basically had him destroyed. Yeah, I focused on him. I thought they would just replenish entirely, but I was really just doing hit and run, like... Lots of jumps and double jumps here because he does have like a fire attack thing that goes along the ground. Yes. Uh, it's pretty easy to avoid, though. You can just jump out of its way. And it's heavily telegraphed. Yeah, yeah. And that's, again, pretty helpful if you're one of the faster characters, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, once you defeat him... This is where, depending on, on your route and how many you know people you rescued slash continues remaining you have, you, you know, you'll kind of be leaving and then lightning will like strike in front of you and he like comes back. Yes. He's a different color and he's much more deadly. Uh, he's got bigger spikes on his armor. Yeah, so you know he means bitness. But he doesn't have any new moves, does he? He does have this weird lightning spell that just comes down and it's like this you know it's the same lightning strike we've been seeing and it just moves around i think it i i don't know if you can avoid it it looked like on a video i watched you can if you're in the air oh that's right i did not know how to avoid that i just took it every time yeah same here and it's very strong so it yeah it, it toasts everything yeah and i mean i don't he doesn't have a bunch of guys with him does he nope it's just him solo yeah so that actually makes him a little more manageable i thought in certain ways mm-hmm uh, and then once he is destroyed, the building, his castle starts to crumble and you run away. But then you realize you've forgotten the golden axe itself and you must run back to grab it. Yeah, dummy. And then you get to see the castle destroyed with some pretty lackluster explosions. It's not great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very small, very tiny. You walk back through certain levels where you'll see the three townspeople over and over bowing or clapping. You get a little bit more story. The castle strengthened by the evil magic turns to dust and they retrieve the golden axe. Uh, you do get a full set of credits, which are all false. Yes. And I, I do want to give him credit at the very end because in the special thanks, it does say 
and you. I do always love a special thanks to everyone and you. And then a final presented by Sega. And that is it. Yeah. Hard so, reset. yeah. And to, as my reply to Sega, thank you. And you're welcome. Uh, you do get, I do I want to mention, they do show you the route you take. Oh, yeah. On the little map there. Mm-hmm. And they give you a final score. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. For, for your records. All right, this is it, the final portion of our show, the review portion. And of course, we use the classic Nintendo Power Review System that has four categories, each category a possible score from zero to five, starting with graphics and sound. I gave this a 2.5. Same here. Right down the middle. I mean, character sprites are pretty cool. They're just not as cool as the old ones. Yeah, I mean, I think the sprites are the strong point, but the... Relatively meh backgrounds, like we've said. You know, and I do have a, a soft spot for the style of music, so I enjoyed the soundtrack, but in general, it's just pretty, especially for coming out in 93. It's like, wow, this is wow. And I will say, really disappointed in the magic special effects. That's always a high point for these games, something you look forward to. Yeah, I'm using that magic, and it never, ever looks that cool in this one. No, no, at no point do any of these magic spells get close to the previous games. Not at all. Next up is Play Control, and I gave it a 3.0. I went with another 2.5. I almost went with 2.0 because I was pretty frustrated that I could only get a third to half of the game's lengthy move list to function. Yeah. See, I didn't play play with those other characters as much, so I didn't have, you know. Uh, But like we have said before, you can't do everything you want to do when you want to do it. It's just too hard with the amount of space, time, and and response you have. I yeah, I mean maybe with some practice and stuff you could eventually get there, but that's a tough sell <laughs> for sure. Next up is challenge factor. Here I went with a three point five. Okay, I cheated, so it was hard for me to tell, but I went with a three because when we played two player, we could get to that final level without much practice. I see. I thought it might be like most beat-em-ups if you're playing two-player are usually significantly more forgiving yeah i do think they add some enemies though so i'm not sure the real problem is is that last level is so long and so hard that it is just designed to chew through all of your remaining credits yeah yeah and finally we have theme and fun well the 2.5 and i went with a 3.0 because as i've mentioned many times before i did have the the bonus of playing with another human yeah And that can always raise a score up from, you know, 0.5 to 1 more, because even when a game's not that great, goofing with another person makes the experience more enjoyable. Uh, So it does get a little bit of bonus for that, but I definitely see that this game is almost there. It's got so many cool changes. It's just too repetitive, too bland in the areas that you'd want to see improvement. Yeah, and, you know, we make fun of these enemies being repeated, but they're also... A lot of them are from the previous games. Like those spear guys look exactly the same. So it's like even beyond that where you're like, I'm very much in the crosshairs for medieval fantasy type games. So I can kind of get past that. But I could see it being like, really? Just more like nothing? You know? Not at all. And so I ask at the end of every show, Nick, should you play this game? (laughs) It's a tough one to recommend, but I think if you're a fan of the other ones and you just want some more, you'd probably be okay. If you're a Golden Axe diehard, you you might as well play this one. Yeah. Uh, But if you're anyone else, you're not a huge Golden Axe guy or girl, 
yeah, I'd say skip it. I feel like this game, you know, like you said, it's almost there. It actually is attempting some ambitious like control stuff, but it just did not come through. If your controls are better, that might be what would draw me in to be like, well, you, you get all these moves, but it's like, apparently I do, but I am always using the same two or three anyways. So yeah. it doesn't really, uh, you know, so yeah, I guess maybe <laughs> a solid maybe. Next week's game will be another Japanese exclusive, this time for the Super Nintendo. It's Poppin' Twinbee. Oh, yeah. If you're thinking, how am I going to play this game? Well, if you have the Switch online service, you already have it. Yeah, so get down on it. So go play that game and join us next week. That is right. And (laughs) this is the part where I make something up. Some people might right. some people might plan it ahead of time, but that's not my style. So I like to trust myself, the force, and the heart of the cards to come up with something funny. What do you trust in? Let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com, and I'll try better next time. We do take notes uh, for the vast majority of the show, but we like to keep it fast and loose out here, which is why I often forget the names of things like Facebook or Twitter. And uh, you can find us at those places at Cart Command on Facebook or, nope, got it backwards. Cart <laughs> Command on Twitter. It's the shorter one. Cartridge Command on Facebook. We're really knocking out of the park this week. And uh, you know what? We've been contacted by people on both recently and responded. So I feel like that's a social media win, even if I haven't really posted much on there, uh, uh, regardless otherwise. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <I'd-> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and also, we will go out of our way at the end of every episode to thank the awesome, fine, and wonderful folks that give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command. It is their support that makes this show happen. You know, uh, you know, we're just a couple of guys that have full-time jobs, full-time lives. We do this in our spare time. But thanks to our patrons, we don't have to worry about covering our hosting fees, any equipment, any incidentals, all that stuff all taken care of so thank you all so very very much and if you don't give consider doing so even a dollar helps all your support means a lot to us yeah i mean we can keep saving up for the brain surgery we both apparently need so (laughs) thank you i don't know if there's enough patreon dollars in the world (laughs) for that but regardless thanks again and as always cartridge commandos game on Game on. Do it. Game on. Good, good, good. Game on. Beep.